Welcome to the Yoga Ann Podcast. I am your host, Ashley, a yoga meditation teacher and embodiment teacher who is living, learning, and loving every day here in beautiful Austin, Texas. And I am oh so curious about all things Yoga Ann. Lately, I've been interested in the people in the yoga and mind-body world who are contributing to their communities in creative and innovative ways. Today, we'll explore the subject of yoga and connecting to inner and outer transformation. I am especially excited about this episode because I'll be interviewing local community facilitator and yoga teacher, Jacob Fisher. We will be discussing all about yoga and connecting to inner and outer transformation, how yoga can be so transformative and what that means for you. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the episode, y'all. Joining us on today's episode is local community facilitator, UT McCombs graduate and yoga teacher, Jacob Fisher. Hey, how you doing, Ashley? It's, I'm grateful to be here with you and um, look forward yeah. to the conversation. Yeah, I'm so glad you're here. How's your day going so far? It's going great. It's going great. I mean, it's been full so far, but you know, I got, I got some, some coffee in me and I was able to do a brief meditation beforehand. So I'm feeling very you know, settled, present, you know, that's, that's always my goal wherever I'm going somewhere. So I'm feeling good. Good. I'm so glad. Would you like to introduce yourself just a little bit more about yeah. what you're about? Yeah, of course. Uh, uh, well, just to, to give you a sense of how I came to Austin, um, I came here in 2013 as a, as a UT student. Uh, I'm originally from Houston. I grew up in Houston for most of my life. Uh, I spent a short amount of years in Tallahassee, Florida, which was a great experience. It kind of reminded me a lot of Austin. It has, you know, it's the capital, it's a college town, it has like a lot of hills. So it was definitely a, a great place to grow up. Um, but, you know, ever since I've been in Austin, um, I've really uh, enjoyed just the, the beautiful green space that's around Austin. So I've, that's really been an important and how I ground myself and kind of just my first introduction to mindfulness and yoga um, was when I was at UT, I was in like a, a group um, around um, like um, African-American males coming together and like uh, it was a mental health week. Mm. And Sean Kent, who's one of my, you know, mentors and one of my favorite yoga teachers and human beings in general, um, he was leading like some breath work in a circle and it was just incredibly impactful in a way that I wasn't expecting. Cause like, you know, honestly, I would go to a lot of the meetings because it was like, I know there's going to be food. I don't have to worry about that today. It's gonna be great. It was kind of worked into my schedule. And it was so interesting when we were all sitting around in the circle, you know, everybody began like giggling, like, oh, what are we doing? Why are we closing our eyes? And then Sean let us do like some, gentle um like chair yoga and then we did some pranayama and then i remember when like we opened our eyes everybody was kind of just like what just happened you know it was just this yeah. just like peace and settling and like um it was very empowering because um i remember distinctively it was like during finals and i just was so stressed but i was unaware how much of it was in my body like i was just rigid intense and then just walking around with 
you know, that relaxation was just like a light switch. And I was like, oh, I really like this. I want to learn more about this. So, you know, I got his contact information and that's kind of led me to this journey. So that's kind of like, you know, how I started to get into yoga and mindfulness. Um, and, um, you know, I'm a graduate of UT, like you said, I was a supply chain management major. Um, you know, that came about really randomly, honestly. My brother also went to McCombs and he made him the same thing. So he just, oh, familiarity. I was like, okay, this seems like something that I, that could be useful. And, um, you know, I liked it, uh, because it seemed very practical. All the classes were really around cases. So mm. you would get like a, you know, this is, this is happening at this organization. And it wasn't like an answer to it. You just had to figure out like, what would you do? Um, so I really like that aspect of it. So, um, you know, even though I'm not directly working in supply chain at the moment, I can use those skills, um, those, those same skills now. Um, but yeah, um, currently I, I really love uh, facilitating. Um, there's a lot of different, I feel like uh, opportunities for folks to connect around, you know, difficult conversations in ways that are that are safe and confident and comfortable um i feel like uh, contemplative practices like yoga are really helpful when um having community gatherings because a lot of times you know people are with strangers that they don't know that's impacting their nervous system if they're talking about topics that are just like oh get you get your heart racing you know that's just another aspect for people to just disassociate and not want to engage so like you know having the background of yoga and just knowing that like, you know, these things can help people feel more settled and grounded and open and curious. Um, I try to bring that into all the work that I do currently. And I don't know how deeply we want to get into, you know, that work right now, but um, did that kind of cover, you know, a little bit about myself? Yeah, definitely. And I had no idea you met Sean when you were at UT. That's wild to me. Yeah. um, and I, I want to ask, I, I, I'm not clear, were you trained by Sean uh, Kent in yoga or who, who exactly, where did you get your training? I actually was uh, trained by Sean Kent. Um, it was, it's interesting, wow. it's interesting, like it, things didn't happen like immediately. Um, I remember getting his contact information and just like sitting on it for months, you know, oh. didn't really reach out to him. Um, and I initially wanted to go into you know, he talked about doing breath work, working yoga in prisons, and juvenile detention centers and schools. And I was like, that sounds so cool. But he was kind of like, you're not ready yet. Uh, you know, oh, yeah. you don't have the capacity yet to do those things. You need to, you know, go through these trainings. And he connected me to, um, to Amala, um, mm-hmm. which is, you know, we might talk more about it, but that was, that's a nonprofit that I work very closely with. Um, and in terms of my yoga training, Sean, specifically had a had a community yoga training was the idea was to kind of um, make yoga more accessible and also bring it into community settings so Mm -hmm. a lot of the training was very healing centered you know very facilitation centered like you know taking into account a lot of folks might be coming into this space who've never done yoga before um, who might not know a lot about yoga and you know aspects of a yoga studio might make them feel uncomfortable. So it was a very, you know, healing centered practice. Um, you had to be aware of, you know, what are all the, what are all the things that people are coming, coming into the space with? 
um, you know, so I felt like, you know, that was a great introduction to yoga for me. And it was, we had so many, um, you know, mindfulness practices that are helpful in general, you know, in general, when you're facilitating, but especially, um, I feel in yoga, you know, I, uh, for me personally, I, I remember the first time I stepped into a yoga class, you know, the, I immediately just looked at all the bodies and was like, oh, I can't do that. Um, I don't have this skill set. I'm not flexible. And it was just immediate, this competition and comparison. Um, it's, it's intimidating. It's in, <laughs> across the board. I, I hear this all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So like, it's a very familiar kind of feeling. And um, when, you know, I finally went to a, t a teacher who, who kind of centered you know, their practice around mindfulness and, you know, what's going on in your body? You know, everybody's body's different. You know, there's so much wisdom inside yourself. Um, it's it shifted the focus from this external pursuit to this internal pursuit. And I feel like for me, that happened very early on. Mm -hmm. um, so I gravitated to facilitate, to, to, um, to teachers and to like trainings that kind of focus on that. Um, so... Yeah, that's kind of my, you know, introduction to, to yoga and Sean and kind of why I decided to go to his training specifically because it just, it resonated with so much that was going on my, in my life. So it was just like very helpful for me to go into those trainings and being like, oh, wow, um, it's beautiful to talk about these things with these group of folks who want to, you know, uplift their communities um, in a very intentional way. So that was, you know a great nine months in general. And I still am a, close to a lot of folks who are in that space. That's awesome. And if I'm not mistaken, uh, Sean Kent's training is trauma informed as well. Yeah. Yes. Um, you know, he likes to, he likes the term trauma informed, but also healing centered. Um, mm. just, just to show that like you are resilient and, you know, people have practices and things that, that, you know, you, you, you're a survivor, you're here today. So you've done things to help you. So it's, it's just like, you know, being healing center is a reminder that, you know, you already have these skills that you're bringing. Um, it just, you know, you can be more intentional about it. Um, and then, you know, the trauma informed aspect is that, you know, all of us have a certain level of trauma. And if we, if we're not acknowledging it, um, it's just going to be living in our bodies. And yoga is a beautiful way to kind of address the thing that we might not even be conscious of you know mm -hmm. you, you have an experience when you were younger where something happened but you know it was you had a certain smell and now every time you smell you know you get you tense up you don't even know where that came from so it just you know it's it's interesting how like you know you have the subtle trauma or then you have folks deal with microaggressions and you know more kind of in your face type of things that if you're not able to you know, address that, metabolize that, that can just be, you know, a weight that you're carrying. And, you know, I see that in a lot of communities who don't have accessibility to, you know, very affordable mental health, mental health, um, mental health care. So it's just like, if you can offer tools where people can kind of, you know, empower themselves. Um, that's always where I want to step into. Cool. Yeah. So a big question I like to ask, and I say a big question because I feel like every answer is different. Uh, what is your personal definition of yoga? Great question. Um, I feel like I got like a cheat sheet for this because I actually give my 
definition of yoga before my class that I teach. It's called the practice of presence. Um, and my favorite definition of yoga is yoga is the practice of being present with life as it is. Um, I feel like I love that definition because it, it becomes this all-encompassing thing. And when people say things like, you know, I'm not good at yoga, it's just like, hmm, what does that mean to you? Like, you give them that definition, like, it's hard to say something like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, it, and it, you know, it's, it makes it um, directly, like, transferable to your life. Like, these mm. are things that you might be cultivating on this mat, but once they're cultivated, you can take them wherever you want. Um, and, it, and it makes living life a practice. You know, everything's an opportunity to, you know, grow, to learn, to deepen, to like be more curious about. And you, know, you can develop these things on the mat. And it's when you have a consistent practice, you can consistently, you know, have that life practice that's always out there. Mm -hmm. um, and it just, it, it takes away the guilt and shame of like, you know, I'm around, I'm in the studio and it's people who've been doing this for 15 years and I've only done it a couple times and I never feel like I'm getting it right. You know, so it's just like, that's okay that, you know, you can always, you know, grow in your postures or what, you know, if you have goals for yourself, but that in and of itself isn't yoga. It's way bigger than that. And you just have the intention to come on the mat and, you know, be present, <laughs> take a couple breaths. That's enough. You know, that's, you, you can, you can start there and you've actually gone farther than, you know, you think you are. You're actually taking the way bigger stuff than you yeah it's not it's not good or bad it's like it, it's it's just yoga is and <laughs> exactly some people putting really a lot of pressure on themselves when they say stuff like that yeah mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and um, it's like the earlier you introduce that i feel like the 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 quicker folks can kind of allow themselves to just be instead of like i have to do this certain thing and look this certain way mm -hmm. yeah yeah uh, we previously, before we met today, we were talking um, on the phone about, you're, you were telling me some of the stuff you were finding with how yoga is, uh, can be transformational, mm -hmm. internally, externally. Uh, and I, I just, I was curious how you define um, transformation in terms of yoga. Um, mm -hmm. How would you explain that to people? That's a really great question. Um... I feel like transformation for me um, is is coming to like a to a deep truth, a, tr a deep embodied truth, and figuring out a way to sustainably engage with that. Because um, I feel like with transformation, it's not just an awareness of something; it's awareness and it's action, mm. and and it's sustainable. And I feel like true transformation, if it's not sustainable, um, isn't going to be as impactful as we want it to be. So when I think of transformation, I think of that awareness and I think of that sustainability and that deep truth. Like you come to this, you come to this thing that you, that you can't unsee anymore. It's, it's now a part of your life and you have an opportunity to, to just be aware of it, that or, or take some action. And I feel like in this current moment, a lot of people are coming to some personal truths and some societal level truths that they might have kind of seen, but it hasn't been as apparent. Um, 
and now they're wanting to move. So this is a great opportunity to tap into that transformation. Um, but that sustainability aspect is important to me because I feel like at the same time, people can exhaust themselves really quickly and then lose that will to keep, to keep going. So you don't want folks to be like, I need to make this change that I'm aware of now, but I can't sustain it. So I'm not going to deal with it anymore. And I've just seen that cycle a lot because, but, because it's, you know, it's human nature. Like uh, you always, it's always easy to go back to a level of comfort and, when we're talking about transforming anything, there's a lot of discomfort there. So oh, yeah. uh, yoga has a great way of, of being a, a tool for folks to, you know, refill their cup, to reset, and to, you know, kind of have a foundation to, uh, to keep engaging with the world in like a meaningful way. So in, would you say that yoga create sustainability when you are doing the hard work of changing and transforming? Is that, is that the role of yoga in terms of creating transformation for you? Or is, are there many levels to that? Yeah, I think there's, I think there's many levels, um, but in a, in a very kind of just like tangible, um, a tangible way where kind of folks could, um, any, not anybody, but like someone who, who may be not that familiar with yoga or yoga philosophy can just plug mm -hmm. in is that we know that you know breath work and moving your body can get you more grounded can give you more clarity can settle the mind can settle the body so just like offering that space to folks who are you know maybe on the front lines maybe the people who you know are activists or, or people who are you know public servants or you know folks who are engaging with work on a consistent basis, they need some, it needs some tools to, to kind of replenish themselves. So I think that's one aspect. Um, but also if you look at yoga philosophy, you realize that there's a certain level of, you know, realizing the interconnectedness of everything. And, you know, once, if it, once you start, once you start, like, especially my personal practice, once I've started developing a relationship with my you know, internal world, internal worlds, you know, when I started, you know, thinking about, um, you know, how, how am I showing up? You know, how am I talking to my, what narratives am I telling myself? Um, am I showing myself compassion? Am I showing myself love? You know, and then naturally the next step is, you know, how am I thinking about other people? You know, how am I caring about other people? How am I loving other people? How am I showing compassion for other people? So, I feel like as you continue your, 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 your yoga practice, expect, especially if you're, you know, being very intentional about it, you will eventually get to a point where it's, it's, where it's like, how am I, how am I impacting my wider community? It's just like, you know, I feel like the natural flow of everything. And you realize that, you know, it's your person, it's, it's like, you know, the collective change is the only thing that's sustainable. You know, we all can make our own personal changes but if it's not happening collectively, we're not going to be able to, you know, undo the harm. Or if you, if your ultimate goal is to alleviate suffering for all beings, which I feel like a lot of, you know, yogis have that as, as in the background, you know, have to address what's happening in your community, what's happening in society, what's happening globally, you know, internationally, and see that everything is connected. And we can pretend that it's not, but that's a certain level of a delusion in and of itself. So I feel like, you know, a lot of, you know, putting, 
putting your personal practice into transforming, you know, systems or society is just that awareness that, hey, you know, everything that I do is impacting other people and we're all in this interconnected community. So it's a certain level of just that truth. Like this is a truth that's out there and I can either do something about it or, you know, I can stay kind of in my, you know, in my, in my safety net and what's comfortable for me. And, and I'm always, you know, I always see it as a, as a continuum. Um, like sometimes people aren't in the space to go out there and put themselves out there. Sometimes they need to do a lot of healing with themselves and that's completely fine. But uh -huh. a lot of people who do have the capacity to, you know, make a change in their community. And, you know, if you feel like you have that space, there's a certain level of responsibility to do something. And I feel like a lot of people in our yoga community, they built that space. You know, they might have met, they might meditate daily. They might practice yoga daily. So you're, you know, you're, 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 you're able to hold way more space than maybe a lot of other people. So it's like, you know, that's something that you can think of as a, as a privilege that you can bring out into the world and, you know, be more helpful. Um, but yeah, kind of how I see the relationship between, you know, how a yoga personal practice can turn into, you know, how you can shift some of the harms you see in society. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I've always I've always felt like yoga and like what you're saying when the you you see how everything's connected once whether for me it took practicing yoga to see that and like the veil has been lifted and you you start to see how everything is so interconnected and you start to be even especially right now like everything's coming up in the world to be healed at, like mm -hmm. at the same time you know yeah. and um it's a huge responsibility you know you to and, and it's a choice you could either look away or not you know but what you're saying at the very top of this you're saying um it's about being in your truth you know and and not not denying what's going on out there and um and i want to get into what what might it feel like um when yoga is creating that tr that that shift that transformation in you have you personally experienced anything um uh like in the feeling of it or what what would you have to say about that um not to i'm thinking about uh not to just like pub something that i'm doing but um i'm in this collective called the roots of wellness where we're like a, we're um, a collective of teachers of color and you know our goal is to you know lead the community and practices to connect them with their innate liberation and joy so mm -hmm. the tagline for it is freedom is who you are and i feel like yoga has allowed me to tap into what that what does it really mean to be free within yourself mm -hmm. um, and i feel like um once I realized that like, you know, everything I need for me to be a whole human being is already inside of me, that it takes up so much, it takes away so much of, you know, the anxiety and stress that you put yourself to find peace through external research, like external sources. So when you're like, this person is gonna give me peace or if we pass this specific law, everything's gonna be good or, you know, if this one thing happens, everything in the world is gonna be fine and I'll finally be settled. You realize like that's not the full truth of it all. And um, and once you can kind of turn that that inward focus where it's like, 
at, at, at my natural state, I am free. I am liberated. You know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't need this external force to make me whole. I am whole by myself. That is very powerful. And once you, I feel like for me, it's like always moving from that place, um, allows me to, to walk into spaces more grounded with more clarity and know, and know like, you know, I have this foundation that's going to, that's going to move me forward in a, in a positive way or in a way that I feel like is meaningful. And I feel like a lot of folks, you know, they don't feel, they don't feel whole. They don't feel liberated. Um, And I've felt like that a lot of, a lot of my life where, you know, I'm hoping to get my worth from a specific job or from proximity to certain people. Um, and or a relationship with another person you know you're this is my I identify with this and that and once your identity becomes you know that freedom within you it it just shifts the way you move around in the world um and those and those things that in the past if you would have saw just really crushed you now you can kind of not that it's not difficult but now you can kind of process it in a different way and you don't you might not take it on so heavily um, you can see like, oh, this is happening, but this is not me. And I don't have to take all of this in. Um, so I feel like, it, you know, if, you know, if you're intentional about your, how, you're, how you're practicing yoga, that can be an invitation that, you know, your folks who are in the space can get, from, you know, they can, they can hopefully work towards getting that innate peace that only they can only they can, um, they can find, I can't, you, we can't give people peace, you know? Yeah. Um, I feel like, you know, there's so many ways you can get that. You can get that from connecting with nature. You can get that from, you know, a religious practice through prayer. There's so many ways where it can happen. Um, but I feel like yoga is so intertwined in a lot of, especially Austin, but like in a lot of our major cities. Uh Um, so we have a great opportunity for helping people kind of tap into that or have that as an as a goal because some people like they don't have any intention to find inner peace that's not something that they're looking at the practice to have so it's like you know maybe you know as yoga teachers that's, that's something that we can offer um those who come into our spaces so you know eventually further along their journey they can realize like hey i've gotten into this pose and now i feel like i'm i'm able to see myself more clearly and i feel like i don't i don't I don't think it's harmful, you know, these harmful things about myself as much, you know, and once those shifts start happening, they have a place to go, you know. I love that. So what I'm hearing is internal peace and uh, freedom, liberation is that feeling that yoga and transformation can give you, um, which is beautiful. And I, I will, I will agree with that. I, I didn't know I was looking for peace um, until, uh, and then I want to get into the external transformation of yoga. Uh, would you want to speak to that? The external transformation. So you mean like um, putting like your internal practice into action kind of? Yeah. Or, I mean, <laughs> I was kind of thinking like superficially too. I was thinking maybe people go to yoga initially to like get the yoga butt or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. 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 <laughs> and then it turns into activism. I mean, you can you can go into yeah, no, this I, I, like 
Um, yeah. <laughs> like, like, like I said before, like, I think wherever reason people come to yoga is it's valid, you know, like if it's, if it's for health, like uh, physical fitness, that's a, that's a beautiful reason. Cause that is, that's going to impact everything. You know what I mean? It's going to impact. Yeah. So it's just like, you know, it's, it's not, it's not a matter of, you know, why it's, it's, you know, hopefully as they continue whatever practice of yoga they're doing, they're able to get to a point where, you know, if, if they're called to it, they can move from a space of just maybe, you know, we can call it the surface level of this is how my body looks. I'm doing this handstand, which is something like I still can't do. I still, I'm like, I'm still like, I, I have no desire to do this. I don't either. But, but you know, <laughs> it's interesting, like as, I've deepened my own practice. I've become more interested in, you know, the anatomy side of it and the postures just because I know like, oh, wow. Um, you know, someone once told me the things that we kind of push away or the things that, you know, we need to lean into the most so we can become more skillful. Um, but yeah, I feel like wherever people come to, like, you know, at, at the end of class, they're gonna come to that Shavasana you know, and in that place where you can actually be with yourself and kind of just reflect on, you know, how are things, how's my, how's my body, how's my mind, how am I showing up in the world? Um, that's, that's going to be, that could just be a natural progression. And I feel like what makes yoga so powerful is that it doesn't have to be that direct. It doesn't have mm, to be, yeah. um, you know, social activist yoga only. It could, it can, it can be, you know, get a nice butt yoga but you know we're gonna have this intention where you're gonna be you're gonna be looking for for something else as well you're gonna know that there's something else to this you know as well um and you know um it, it like by just like by just like you know being intentional with how people are breathing for instance and, mm -hmm. and like you know Thinking, you know, asking folks like, you know, how does your body feel when you're when you when you're in discomfort, you know, um, and how can you, you know, how can you help yourself to settle in those moments, you know, that alone can change how they interact with people, because maybe they don't, you know, interact with people outside of their sphere because they feel a lot of discomfort and they don't know how to deal with that. So just giving people tools to kind of empower themselves. Can help them have those difficult conversations with family members um can help them you know take that take that stance that they weren't comfortable having because they wanted to be identified with this certain group you know yeah. so like all the thing all these things i feel like you know are interconnected so I, we can like take out parts but it's just like it's, it's holistic you know yeah. uh, and hopefully um that's something that more people can have access to inspires you as a yoga teacher mm, what inspires me uh, I feel like uh, what inspires me personally is that you know I remember when I did my first yoga training uh, 
when we were talking, we talked a little bit about philosophy and we went into the idea that everyone at their core is good and whole. And it was, it, you know, it's, you know, on the surface, it can feel like simple, but it's like, that's a basic philosophy that you have. That is transformational. That changes how our society operates because people aren't just these bad things that are thrown away. It's like, we have to be more curious about people. We have to care about people. We have to be, we have to have, nobody is outside of the scope of our compassion now. You know, once you, once you realize that like, you know, you're whole, you're good. And then life, you know, hits you and you have to cope and you have to, and you have some conditioning that has to take place. So you might be far away from that initial wholeness and goodness, but it's there. So mm-hmm. I feel like what inspires me is to get people back to that. Mm. Get yeah. people back to that state of like, I, is, there is nothing wrong with me. I am fine at my core. Um, and I feel like for me, knowing that was very helpful for me. And it, I used to be a person who, you know, could you know, say the, the thing that I would tell to nobody else, but I would say it to myself, you know, just all the harsh things, mm-hmm. you're not doing enough, you know, and it just became clear how those thoughts were not me and they weren't helpful. And now I don't even take them seriously anymore. And I can just move throughout the world with so much more lightness. And um, I, I especially, you know, younger folks, I feel like if you just take the world as it is, it can just be so overbearing so much at all times because like, wow, oh my gosh, this is happening, this is happening, this isn't fair, why is this, it's an endless amount of things. So if you're able to kind of turn inward and realize that like, there's nothing wrong with you, you can move around this world freely, um, it can change the way you interact with the world. Um, so I, I, I always want folks to, like when they come to my class, first be able, first, you know, be able to just pause and breathe and be present and realize that like, there's so much in this present moment that is really beautiful if you allow it to happen, if you allow yourself to just be. And also at your core, you're fine and you're doing fine. You know, you're not all those bad things that you said, you told yourself this morning, <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. if I can connect people with that and, you know, I feel like for me, the easiest way to connect with that is getting in that present moment. Mm. The being present, you know, it's really difficult to be hard on myself when I'm present you know, in any moment, so I'm here, right here. There's so much to engage with. Like life is always hard for you to be bored in the present moment. Cause it's, oh my gosh, it's, I hear this bird, you know, I smell this thing. Oh my, my body feels really well. Oh, my breath feels good. That tree looks amazing. It's just like, it's so much you can, the world just feels like it's just like, it's an HD now. and that's something that I, that inspires me because I feel like that's something that anybody, you know, can do. And I, I have folks, I know folks in my family who are like, I'm too old to do yoga. You know, I can't do this. I'm like, you can't be present. You know, that's, that, that for me, that's, that, that's what I want you to take from my class, you know? So it's just like, it, it allows you to, to kind of meet yoga where you're at, you know, instead of having to work to a place like I have to do yoga by myself for five years until I can go to the studio and then I can show everything. You know what I mean? Uh-huh, uh-huh. 
And that could just, it can so easily become that thing because so many things, you know, in our day-to-day life is I got to get really skillful at this and then show people my worth, you know? So it, it you know, I never blame people for it. it. It totally makes sense. I was in the same place. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, I, I try to offer people a different lens very early on so they know that come as you are, you know, receive what you can and, you know, move from there. I love that. And I love how you talk about how presence can be an HD. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I love, I love the, like you're transforming or you, the negative self-talk in your classes, which is huge. I think that negative self-talk just holds people back um, from doing anything that they meaning because don't you feel like it just perpetuates like um, I mean I've been there before mm-hmm. yoga oh my god the worst judgmental critical yeah. <laughs> bully that nobody else knows so you're able to get the extra tidbits that are extremely hurtful you're like I got that yeah, yeah. when you were seven you did this thing and when you were 10 and when you were 20 you're like oh gosh it's all coming yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's amazing how that has sh- how that can- how yoga can just shift that alone, and how that can just transform the rest of your life. And um, so that that is beautiful. That that's what that inspires your classes is to have that um, sort of that that piece into it, that the presence piece for that reason. Uh, how do you reset personally? Ooh, um, I have a daily like morning practice where. I usually sit for about 10 to 15 minutes um, in meditation. Then I do a very, I do a flow every day, a yoga flow every day, but it's, you know, I usually do like a kind of like 15, 10 minute flow. I like to do some push-ups and then I, I go running. And oh, nice. running has been my like kind of just new way to reset. And it's been so beautiful. Um, I, I started following this guy who talks about mindful running and it totally shifted the experience for me because it's, it's so focused on the breath. And oh. it, I mean, I feel like with running, I used to just be like, oh my God, I'm taking another step. This is still going on. And now when I go out there, I'm just able to focus on my breath. So I'm just like, it's always a place for me to put my attention. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you can start tapping into that HD. You know, like, oh, it is beautiful outside. Oh, the sun actually feels great. Oh, this is the first time I've seen people today. You know what I mean? This is like, uh-huh. there's a lot going on. Like, I usually run um, around Lady Bird Lake. So it's, it's usually beautiful. Like, the water is shimmering. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, this is really nice. You know, so that's been a really, you know, part of my reset. I, I love going outside in general. Um, I feel like as an adult, developing a relationship with nature has been so transformational for me because I, I didn't have a relationship with nature growing up. You know, I, I really didn't. I didn't go camping. Um, there is this sense of, you know, going outside was not a good thing to do. Like, don't go outside. Um, and I, you know, I was in the suburbs and, you know, there was a certain level of awareness of like my parents trying to protect me. Cause I was like, I tend to be like the only, you know, black kid in the spaces I was in. So it was like, Hey, you gotta be careful. So I feel like that kind of overshadowed at times all the positive benefits of nature that I didn't, I wasn't aware of. And so I became an adult and I was like, wow, there's so much here that can really settle me, 
you know, especially if I'm present with it. Um, so that's something that's became really important to me. And, you know, I know a lot of people who have similar backgrounds to me where they don't, they never grew up going out in places because they felt they didn't, they didn't feel like that was their space, you know? So, wow. um, yeah, I, I feel like, you know, in short, there's so many, I feel like so many activities in my life are a reset, you know, and um, I've recently started, you know, I've played tennis my whole life. That's another thing. Um, I've been playing tennis since I was like eight years old. Um, and then I, I, I taught tennis for a bit when I was like 18, 19 at these like Nike tennis camps. And then um, I was a part of this youth organization called the Zena Garrison Tennis Academy, where, you know, we had to teach the younger kids before we played. So like it, it was a certain level of service that was baked into, you know, the programming. Um, so now, you know, I started teaching tennis again and playing tennis again. And that's also a really great reset. Um, you just start to see all the alignments between like, you know, yoga and the breath and the movement connection and the balance and the rhythm. And it's all there, you know, like you, you see these interconnected things in all these activities. So now I can take some of my yoga practices and put it into my tennis facilitation and it's, and it's all there, you know what I mean? Um, so in the short, those are the activities that I like to reset um, with. Cool. Are you, what are you, and this could be in your work or it could just be in life. What are you curious about right now? What am I curious about? Oof. Um, I'm curious how how like the world collectively is gonna move forward from this moment mm. but like we there's so few times where we as a whole world have to collectively pause like it just never happened you like okay this this event this this like natural storm happened to this very specific group of people and that's really tragic and they have to deal with these things or you know, this happens in this specific country or region. Oh, they have to deal with this thing, but I can ignore it over here. I feel like this moment where everybody has to pause and, you know, there's so, it's so obvious that there's a lot of things that we can change. You know, a lot of things that in beforehand was like, oh, that'll never happen. That's too difficult. You know, we've always done it this way. We're realizing that it's like, in these past few months, we haven't been doing it that way. You know, so it's just, I'm really curious about, how can, how can we take this moment and like collectively move in a helpful way? Um, and not just, you know, kind of like settle into, well, we just always done things like this. It's like, can we think of other ways now, you know? Um, and that can be, you know, a big, a kind of a big uh, impact, like through climate change, you know, if, you know, like what, with the, with the pandemic, you know, people are like, oh my God, you know, food shortages, um, you know, things are happening where it's impacting people's work. Um, I mean, what do you think is gonna happen in climate change where, where millions of people live don't exist anymore? A lot of people live on the coastline, you know? So like, what do you, like, we're gonna have to figure out ways to be with each other in a different way. We're gonna have to figure out ways for people to, you know, 
eat, the people to be in community with each other, it, it's going to be a huge shift and it's going to happen relatively soon, like within the next few decades. And we have to be making some preparations for it. And hopefully people use this moment to, you know, go toward that shift because that's on the horizon. You know, that's going to be there and we can, we can act like, oh, I can just do things and, you know, we'll figure it out. Um, but the figuring out stage is right now. So, you know, I'm curious how we can, we can figure things out together. Um, let's do it. You know, let's, 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 let's lean into that discomfort and figure some things out. Um, yeah. That's what I'm curious about at the moment. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that's, it's a big question mark, like what the future will look like. And yeah, we're right now being asked to be adaptable, innovative, in relationship to mother nature my theory is and i know you're not asking my theory but i'll just like interject <laughs> i think we're like I, I don't know about you but um I've, well, I've always wanted to teach yoga online i've always wanted to have an online business but i'm like oh, i don't I, I can't do that you know and then it's like well you're, everyone's figuring it out right yeah and i think what we're being asked to do right now is learn to be um use technology um to stay home more i mean this is like in a nutshell so then we can be in better relationship to mother nature versus you know not in traffic not going out you know out um in, in our cars all the time but we're being asked to use technology in a way that's in um but like in 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 uh, not connection um just just in harmony in harmony with nature more stuff like that like being asked to be innovate innovative in that way i mean and i think i think a lot of structures are just gonna collapse and then we have to rebuild and uh we'll see but yeah, yeah. i mean yeah we the thing about we 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 can do it mm -hmm. can, it's just a matter of do, are we, is that going to be our intention do we have the will do we have the willingness to kind of to shift things you know very drastically and know that it's going to be fine because you got to know that whatever we're doing right now is in the grand scheme of things of human existence it's a blip you know if you've been doing something for a couple hundred years humanity is extremely resilient and they've been doing oh. things differently for a long time and they had a way you know like you said more harmonious relationship with nature and mm -hmm. they're like you don't have to figure out all this by ourselves there's plenty of indigenous communities that have very helpful relationships with nature and they've had it for thousands of years. So it's like, we can eat, we have folks, you know, who are already around us, who are, who are giving us all these lessons. We just need to look, we need to like learn and, you know, implement them. But it's That's not so true. a situation where nobody's doing the work. Cause a lot of people are doing the work. So we have to honor yeah. that, you know? Totally, yeah. Yeah. What advice would you give yourself um, when you first started out teaching yoga or what advice would you give to someone new to teaching yoga? Mm. Um, I would, the advice I would give myself to is what, is what you bring in valid. Whatever you're bringing is, is important. Um, I feel like uh, teaching anything um, but especially yoga, you can feel like, I just don't know enough. There's so much to know. There is so much, so many postures, so much breath work, um, so much about the anatomy, so much about the nervous system. Like you can really, you can get your PhD in yoga. Like you can get very, you know, into all the details. And then 
yogic philosophy it's just like it's a lifetime amount of work so to just start teaching after you know a 200 hour yoga training you're like oh my god should i be the one teaching um but i would say to anybody who's starting to teach like whatever you're bringing is it's great it's enough and people are going to get something out of it um and um also uh you know at the end of the day be present with yourself and something authentic is going to come out of it mm. um, and you're going to realize that this is not about you you know it's not about yeah. this is, you know i am jacob doing doing this thing and people are going to learn because i'm doing this this way you know in your head you can say you know you can do the, the flow perfectly say everything perfectly you didn't miss a sentence but you know maybe the people in your class it didn't it didn't connect with them and it's like, that's fine. And you might've like felt like I totally bumbled through that. I messed up. I didn't even do the other side. Like, what am I doing? And uh-huh. then you might get a comment of, wow, that was such an, that really just unlocked something. So it's just like, you know, all you can do is be present, bring, bring something authentic to you out there, something that's meaningful to you. And, you know, hopefully through that space, people can engage with it and, and like you know use it in a helpful way but you don't you, you don't have control over how like you know this is going to definitely impact somebody in this way you know i just try to be I'm, I'm like trying to be mindful of you know what can i do that's directly harmful like you know somebody who's like said oh this is not good for my body and you're like do it anyways that's not the most helpful thing <laughs> you know <laughs> do a handstand yeah it's like you know you have to you know like that's not helpful but uh also have to be aware that you don't have as much control as you think so it's, it's okay relax you know mm, yeah. be present, relax bring what you have it's going to be it's going to be enough you know yeah it sounds like through authenticity that's where you really connect to your students not through the perfect script exactly and i mean and this is something that i tell myself all the time because i still get nervous and anxiety before my class like oh i hope this hope this like resonates you know I try to have like in my class have some type of theme some type of prompts you know um that's like that's kind of reflective to what I'm dealing with in the moment and I'm like I hope this resonates but then you realize once it starts like oh okay this is fine like yeah receive what they're gonna receive um and that and that's it's interesting how I always get that realization but you know you still you still you know have those thoughts and it's just like it's okay. You realize like they're going to come. I'll let them go and I'll do what I can, you know? Um, and you know, that, that's worked for me so far. <laughs> cool. I, I love that. I'm the same. I get nervous right before too. And then it starts and I'm like, what was I nervous about? Yeah. It's like, oh, this feels good. <laughs> Yoga feels good. I forgot that. Like, I, I, think it's just, I think it's just um, excitement and anxiousness. It's like two sides of the same coin. And it's just like, you care, you really, really care about what you're doing. You care about the students, you care about the work you want to, you know, give yoga the, the, you know, their standards and you want to uphold them. So it's just like, you care so much and you're so excited. I say you as like, just all of us Mm -hmm. as yoga teachers, Mm -hmm. that's what I think. I think it's a very, very fun job. So on the show, we like to celebrate uniqueness. Uh, what are three unique facts about you? It might be something that perhaps people may not know about you. Okay. Uh, 
I'm trying to think like I'm pretty sure like I had like I was on like an online dating app and they asked me questions so I'm like have I already answered this you um, know I I interviewed someone yesterday and she said the exact same thing she said man this reminds me of like a match.com <laughs> question <laughs> <laughs> maybe oh, maybe I'll change it up. I don't know. No, no, yeah, it's kind of vague, but this is great. Uh, um, I feel like one of them uh, was when I was, I believe, like eight years old. I was the number one under ten year old tennis player in in Tallahassee, Florida. So that what? Was, that was a cool thing. I, I was very proud of that. And then after that, kind of my rankings went downhill. But you know. It was good to start as an eight-year-old, like, oh, I'm on top. This is great. That's awesome. <laughs> that was fun. Um, ooh, unique. Um, uh, I don't know. I feel like everybody thinks their music taste is unique. I was going to say, I heard of a little birdie told me you know really good music. I would say I, I've just been very grateful to grow up with a lot of great music. Like, um, you know, my mom and dad are children of the 60s and 70s. So I grew up with so much like funk and soul and, you know, like Minnie Riperton and Stevie Wonder and like, you know, Motown. And it was, it was just like, so so much so many beautiful sounds like i remember saturdays and sundays just like great great music mm-hmm. um, and then i have siblings who were born in like you know the 90s and 80s have that impact of like whitney houston and like, uh-huh. and like i feel like i just like from the 50s and 90s i just i just had so much musical influence and um you know i remember i guess a unique thing about like it was a time in high school where I was really into like 1930s, like Great Depression protest music, like folk music. Um, oh, cool. I, I don't even know about that. Yeah, I was just like, I became, like, I remember in high school, I was just really uh, politically revolutionary. And I just like, cool. I need to have an outlet, and it was through music. And I found a deep connection between like folk and like hip hop. Like I was like, they both tell stories. They're both very political. You know, they're both like call and response. So, mm. you know, it was, it was interesting. Like talking to, you know, in, in a lot of these folk songs, you know, they're talking about unions and they're talking about like American imperialism and they're talking about, you know, unjust wars and things like that. So I guess that's, that was pretty unique how I got really deep into like 30s and 40s folk music where it was like this music was more for getting people to protest than just necessarily like listening to while I was doing my homework but it was just it just got me energized like I feel like I was always connected to folks who were just like really wanting to make a change and it's yeah. just through music that's such an easy medium you know it, it's you can say powerful things but then people are moving their bodies and like that in and of itself is a, a practice that's part of so many cultures that's always been a way for people to to get settled and grounded you know mm-hmm. so music i you know i have a diversity of music taste that i just love like you know i've recently gotten into like listening to funk from around the globe like in the 70s you know almost happened in america but it was also happening in japan in south oh. africa 
in Nigeria, you know, in Thailand. So it's so interesting, like the hearing people's different versions of this, you know, was coming from America. Um, it's really, it's really beautiful. <laughs> so that's something I've been really into in, in uh, recently in like psych rock as well. Um, yeah, so if you come to my class, there are going to be a lot of, a lot of jams, hopefully. Uh, I, I, you know, not to toot my own horn, but I've gotten like a lot of, you know, participants were like, oh, I really like your playlist. I play it all the time. I'm like, thank you. That means more than you, than you know. I really appreciate that. Um, I love that. I love that. And I guess the third unique thing, which is not unique at all, is that I'm one of five siblings. Um, and I, I, I uh, got like the, the benefit of like, I was the only child, so I was like 10 years old. So uh -huh. the first 10 years of my life, I got all that kind of like attention that a youngest child gets. And like, you know, uh -huh. as parents get older, they, they, a lot of times, like at least in my parents' experience, I felt like they were a lot, a lot more lax with me. So just like, I got all the love and attention and also like, it's okay, Jacob. And then uh -huh. in 10, you know, I became an older brother, which is something that was also really cool. And I always wanted to be an older brother. So I guess it was unique to have that experience of like, oh, I got the benefit of like being the younger child, but I also, you know, had that really cool experience of like being the, being the older brother where, you know, the younger brother was looking up to me and like, I could show them things. Mm -hmm. um, that was really cool to have that dual experience. Very cool, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you mentioned you mentioned last night you had um, you had a class and it's going on for six months. Would you? Uh, and I, I know you said the name of it and then it escaped me. But would you want to talk a little more um, about that and then any other classes you're doing right now currently? Yeah, yeah. Of course. Um, I teach uh, a class with Sanctuary Yoga, which is um, they're affiliated with the Amla Foundation. Um, they're um, a nonprofit yoga studio in Austin, Texas. Uh, I definitely recommend checking them out. 50% um, the of the proceeds actually go to the Alma Foundation. Um, I teach a weekly class. Um, it's every Saturday at 1.30. It's called The Practice of Presence, and it really aligns with my definition, my favorite definition of yoga as the practice of being present with life as it is. You know, the intention is just really connect with your mind, body, and breath. You know, connect with that piece of you know, there's a peace in all that connection. When you're connecting all those things, there's a certain level of peace that comes with that. Um, and, you know, end of the day, offer a reset, you know, hopefully have a better relationship with your breath. Um, so that's, that's one class that I'm teaching right now. Um, I'm currently, you know, gonna expand into to other, to other classes, but that's just the one that's been consistent. Um, I've also done workshops with practice yoga and, um, you know, I'm doing other work as well, but if you want to, you know, find out more uh, about what I'm doing, um, you can follow me on Instagram. It's uh, Jacob underscore RF. And, you know, on Facebook, you just search Jacob Fisher. Um, and um, I also, uh, I have a email, yo uh, Jacob Yoga Brother at gmail.com. If you want to, if you ever want to just reach out to me personally and know what's going on, you, you might want to take a a, a tennis class where you know you're combining yoga and tennis with one another and you know I love to lead you through that and see if it's something that you that resonates with you um 
but yeah, that's, that's the class that I'm teaching consistently, but, uh, you know, I'm also doing things, you know, like more one-offs and, um, I plan on continuing to grow my practice and, and uh, you know, and sexual and other fields as well. Very cool. Well, so glad to have you on the show and I hope to have you back soon. Yes, this has been a great conversation, very natural and free flowing. So I appreciate you, you know, facilitating this space and um, I will hope you have a great rest of your day. All right, you too. All right, thank you. Peace. Bye. I hope you enjoyed today's episode about yoga and connecting to inner and outer transformation with the delightful, knowledgeable Jacob Fisher. His info is linked down in the show notes, and I highly recommend connecting to him. Jacob is doing a lot of cool stuff with his work in yoga and mindfulness, so check that out when you get a chance. Please consider joining our Patreon. There are great member perks such as shout outs on the show, virtual yoga classes only for Patreons, and we even send you podcast stickers with a love note, you guys, when you sign up. You can find that info out linked in the show notes as well. And if you would like to help the podcast, please leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Our email is yogaandpodcast at gmail.com. The and is spelled out y-o-g-a-a-n-d podcast at gmail please follow us on instagram at yoga and podcast and let us know if you have any specific topics for future episodes we also have merch such as fanny packs coffee mugs tote bags t-shirts and you can find that out on my website ashleyweberyoga.com forward slash podcast Remember, this podcast is for everyone. So if you are a human living on planet Earth, you might benefit from yoga and podcast. See you next week.